0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Biz Lit Today, a podcast series hosted on Law.com and sponsored by Shook, Hardy & Bacon. I'm your host, Scott Ferguson. Inflation layoffs distress. Businesses are now dealing with turbulent times as they try and meet the demands of running a company and balancing outside influences. But what if there was a way to return more money to the company? In our next Biz Lit Today podcast, Let's tune in as Shook, Hardy & Bacon partners Paul Williams and Mike Zito lay the foundation on how to build a commercial recovery program and why that can impact the company overall.
1: Hello, I'm Paul Williams. I'm a partner at Shook, Hardy & Bacon. I co-lead the firm's general liability litigation practice and I manage the firm's Denver office. I'm joined here today with, with my colleague and partner, Mike Zito.
2: Hi, Paul. Thank you. This is Mike Zito, everyone. We appreciate the chance to talk about our commercial recovery uh, thoughts today. I practice in our Washington, D.C. office in the business litigation practice within Shikardi. and most of my practices focus on creditors' rights and commercial recoveries, and we look forward
1: to talking with you today. Great. Thanks, Mike. Hey, let's just dive in. Can you just set some foundation and lay the found word for what is commercial recovery and how does it work?
2: Yeah, so it goes back, really, if you trace it to its origins, Paul, a couple of decades. There was a number of very large corporate legal departments, well-known brand names, and a couple of general counsels that were uh, well-known figures in the the legal community that came up with the idea of setting up cost or commercial recovery units within their legal departments to find opportunities to affect positive uh, recovery outcomes for the business units they work with. And it really caught on in the last decade or so as um, the concept gained traction within different trade groups like the Association of Corporate Counsel and uh, other legal departments and, and sort of discussed in media generally. And frankly, clients and corporate uh, legal departments were pushing law firms like, like Shikardi to come up with creative ideas to uh, generate revenue legal departments are inherently concerned about being known as cost centers within corporations. And uh, one of the ways to change that narrative and generate um, scenarios where money can be brought back in and returned to the company are these cost recovery situations. And it's also been important in our experience that the legal departments want to partner with the business units in, in finding solutions to problems that maybe in um, past situations might've just been ignored. So when some business unit has a dispute with a customer or supplier or vendor, and it was maybe a smaller, medium-sized matter, perhaps, and it was easy to kind of just say, well, let's just kind of close it out. If there's a commercial recovery process in a lawyer or lawyers set up within the legal department to work with outside counsel, they can offer a solution with, I think is ever important. I would also say the concept of commercial recoveries, while it's, um, critical at any particular moment in time is particularly essential in uncertain economic times like what we're facing right now. It came uh, sort of to a fever pitch following the financial crisis in 2009 and 10 when there was substantial economic distress it was one tool that a general counsel or CLO could use to generate opportunities to be on the plaintiff side of um, of disputes and, and generate uh, money coming back into the legal department, of the corporation. And we're seeing that again right now with the distress, with regional banks, higher interest rates, um, layoffs, and all the sort of economic turbulence that's occurring. I guess post COVID, if you will that clients are asking questions about opportunities for these types of cases and so that's some of the backdrop i'll also add that there's been a lot of well-known successes small and medium-sized everyday successes and very very substantial successes because some of the laws that will be utilized in the concept of uh, in the context of bringing these cases allow for treble damages attorney's fee recoveries and things like that So base awards um, or base settlements can sometimes be significantly enhanced because of that.
1: Mike, commercial recoveries, is it peculiar to a manufacturing business, a service company, or is it applicable and available to any type of company?
2: There's going to be certain types of industries and businesses where it's going to be more common because of the engagement that they have. I'd say it's probably more typical to come up. In the context of a b2b situation so where the corporation's customer base is other businesses but that's not absolutely true it's just sort of more typical but it also comes up in the context of dealing with suppliers vendors and other third parties in all kinds of settings the key is to have an organizational process in place to look for these opportunities and identify them and then figure out how to act on them and i know paul kind of on that point you've had experiences with clients where you've seen Um, concepts bubble up and in-house lawyers work with you to say, what do we do in this situation? And maybe you could comment on two or three of those.
1: Sure. You know, one of the most traditional ones I think that we see are in in a manufacturing context are suppliers, where there's just been not adequate performance by a supplier who may be supplying a component part or a piece of a system that's to be provided by our client who manufactures a completed product or a completed system and sells it on to another company. Uh, In those instances, you can have a supplier who has failed to fulfill the specification requirements, who has failed to fulfill the quality requirements, and somehow that's creating a nonconformity somewhere in the supply chain. And as a result, that results in scrap, it results in remake, may result in delay, may result in back charges from the ultimate customer, And as you mentioned, Mike, you know, smaller or medium-sized losses in the past have more typically just been looked past and forgiven and moved on. But now it's becoming much and much more an economic reality that you just can't allow for poor performance. You have to have people performing to the requirements and the specifications, and your customers are holding you to that. You have to hold your suppliers to that uh, same standard as well. And they're looking for opportunities to recoup on those contractual terms and make up those financial losses that they've incurred. That's a pretty traditional supply contract scenario. Maybe one less uh, traditional, uh, but we have been doing quite a bit of uh, here at Showcardi. And that is helping customers and clients look at their competitors, monitor the marketplace, monitor for bad conduct, deceptive practices, uh, and basically helping to enforce proper competition rules. Um, if you think about it, and you're in a competitive business and what business isn't, uh, if your competitors are out there not playing by those same rules that you play by because you have standards of, of, uh, of integrity and, and leading uh, roles in your industry spaces, um, others are getting away with it. And it's costing you customers. It's costing you goodwill. It's costing you sales. It's costing you uh, uh, revenue and profit opportunities there are federal and state causes of action that can be pursued to help bring those competitors in line. And and in the same way, it gives rise to a private right of action for you to recover the money to offset those losses that you've sustained. Another area that's been very active in the past several years, and it certainly is now, is also IP enforcement and IP monetization. Whether we're talking patents, trademarks, copyrights, again, a company has invested in their intellectual property and that intellectual property is an asset and has value. In times past, perhaps they sent a letter and said, hey, stop using my mark, uh, don't use my patent. Nowadays, it's much more common to have someone like Shook Hardy help assess a portfolio of, of intellectual property and evaluate who are in the, who's in the market, who's potentially uh, infringing, taking actions to stop that bad behavior, to enforce the intellectual property rights, and then even to monetize it whether it's a license or royalty or a patent lawsuit in order to make someone stop essentially copying your intellectual property and getting the value that you invested in 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 doing so uh, so those are three examples mike that that I have seen and had been working with in the past several years that clients have pursued in this area of commercial recovery mike what are some of the traditional examples that you have seen in the commercial recovery space and in that also how does a person get started how can a company create a program for themselves
2: yeah you know and it's a very good question and sometimes the concept of how you get started can be an impediment but it doesn't need to be exceptionally complicated okay i would say sort of there's a few ideas and then there's some elements that are critical to a successful program the first is this it has to be top down And it doesn't have to be the CEO and the board of a large corporation by any means, but it probably needs to be the general counsel or the CLO. And then that individual appointing some lawyer in the legal department to work with outside counsel that's suited for these types of matters to come up with um, a person who's going to lead the the objective and lead the charge, have a mission statement they're going to execute on, and a plan about how to accomplish it. So kind of leader, mission, plan. And if you have those three Components in place, you probably have what you need to get started on a a commercial recovery program. Um, Some of the other um, uh, parts of this that usually exist in the most successful situations are going to be a high degree of engagement with the business units. Like once you have this plan in place, Um, And you can roll it out with some internal publicity to the key business leaders. Usually it's going to be like operational people, finance people that run into these type of um, commercial recovery situations or disputes that can create offensive litigation opportunities. And you want them to think of them as opportunities where appropriate and then engage the legal department for kind of a credible discussion about how to act on them. And you almost want your internal business people to become your customers for these opportunities as the in-house lawyer, many of them will not make sense, but then some of them will. And once in a while, you'll get some gems and you'll know what to do with them. The other part that we've seen that's really important in, in the best commercial recovery programs is going to be when there's reporting and performance tracking, some degree of accountability, but most importantly, recognition for successes and, um, and awards, both in compensation and internal publicity and recognition about achievements when they occur and if you have kind of those components in place you're going to have a successful program and you're going to get started and and a lot of this is just kind of making progress and the key will be creating the environment for the opportunities and having a approach to it that makes sense but going back to sort of the examples that you gave paul all of which are really good ones they come in all shapes and sizes and it'll be it'll be the best Uh, program for the right outcomes is going to be having a key process in place to administer everything and vet them so that the best opportunities get advanced and the ones that make the least sense um, maybe just stay put.
1: That's a great overview and kind of guide rails as to how to create a program and some of the key elements that will make it a successful program. Mike, how can a law firm help a company identify these opportunities and get started?
2: I think it's important to have um, strategy sessions at the onset to talk about what's working well and what isn't and what the most high value opportunities are. And some of them might come up, like in the examples you gave, Paul, um, generally speaking, an intellectual property and antitrust and a few other areas. Those are going to be some of the biggest opportunities. Going back to your earlier question, Paul, some of the everyday stuff really is bankruptcy, creditors' rights, collections, supplier disputes, contract disputes, like, it just comes up constantly. And um, that whole package of opportunities is going to be where um, a corporate legal department is going to see, I think, the best success on a programmatic basis. But I know, Paul, kind of talking about the setup and how you get this started, one of the important components from an in-house perspective is surely going to be, how do we pay for this program? And how do we engage outside counsel? Because some part of this is surely going to be the threat of litigation or actual litigation, which can get expensive. And companies oftentimes are understandably reluctant to pay large sums towards these opportunities when they can just kind of be set aside. Um, What's your experience been, Paul, with setting up the arrangements and managing the expense associated with them in a successful way?
1: thanks mike we've done a lot of different things uh in the area of pricing arrangements and i think one of the most important things is to make sure we match a pricing arrangement to whatever the solution is the key is that you don't want the pricing arrangement to create added problems to the problem that you're already facing with this commercial recovery you know let me give you an example if if a situation is really begging for a business solution and really, they just need some attention and they maybe need a, a lawyer to get involved, a lawyer to reach out to a lawyer on the other side, and to help facilitate a B2B conversation for a business solution. You know, that might be a very simple little bit of investigation, a few hours of an engagement, perhaps just a simple, traditional hourly time and expense model works best for that situation. You don't want to over lawyer it. You want to finesse a conversation that can reach a resolution, and that would be the best outcome in any of these we're looking for what can be the best outcome some of them as you mentioned are usually pretty substantial can be adversarial for example the ip scenario that i mentioned uh, you're likely going to have to get some heavy investigation some expert involvement and put some heft behind the demand in order to assert those rights and recover that which you're due um, in that kind of a situation, you may want to come up with a contingency fee arrangement. You may want to have a hybrid of some type that covers the cost of the expenses and some of the time of the investigation and the effort that will be required in order to set up a successful outcome. Jocardi, for example, is more than happy to partner with its clients and, and work out a very tailored arrangement that fits that situation to make sure that we're both aligned in how we're going to approach it and to make sure that the pricing arrangement makes sense and facilitates a favorable resolution uh, for the company. Um, Really, it just takes a look at each situation to find what is that right fit tailored pricing solution. Could be a flat fee, could be a monthly fee, could be a hybrid of an hourly and a contingency, could be a pure contingency. Lots of options are available. Tell you what, when we come back, Mike, let's touch on some of the maybe more creative, lesser known opportunities that might be available to companies that maybe they haven't thought of or or considered so far.
0: Shook, Hardy & Bacon is a premier trial firm serving clients in the health, science, and technology sectors. We help companies resolve claims using creative solutions to complex commercial litigation matters. Shook attorneys build on decades of experience and are positioned to provide end-to-end litigation support. So coming
2: back now, Paul, I think we left off with the idea of what are some of the more creative opportunities company can, companies could consider um, when looking for what types of actions to bring and, and what to talk to about with business leaders. So some of the obvious ones we already covered, unfair competition, intellectual property situations, I think we mentioned antitrust elections, bankruptcy, mitigation, and sort of runs the gamut. But some of the more interesting ones, um, frankly, came up during COVID. And um, I wouldn't say they're limited to COVID, but just an example of one we have all heard about is supply chain disruption and whether there's remedies for different types of disputes that come from a key vendor or supplier um, not having the ability to meet contractual performance objectives. And that's been a big source of a lot of a lot of litigation during COVID, and, and that continues. So that's one I would say. Sort of anything to do with your supply chain could create a commercial recovery opportunity. A second would be generally speaking fraud, um, both individuals that are committing fraud against the company, employees, for example. Um, saying they're doing one thing and then obviously not doing what they're supposed to be doing or something related perhaps to remote work or travel or expense reports or all kinds of things. Those are very discreet situations, but with a corporation that has a very large employee base, they're going to come up and it can be very easy to put program in place to deal with those types of situations. Um, so I'd say fraud is the second. The third could be all things related to indemnities. You know, it's very easy once a a deal is done, for example, and there were warranties and representations made or indemnity language in a contract, for example, any of these types of contractual provisions that maybe only come up when there's a problem also create commercial recovery opportunities. And I'll tell you, sometimes corporations are very reluctant to be plaintiffs in cases they don't have to bring. And you have to be selective and smart about where you put your time, money, and resources. But Those are some of the more creative examples that we've seen in recent years, uh, both during COVID and and also before and after.
1: Mike, you also mentioned that in times of economic turbulence, various issues can can create more opportunities, Uh, maybe create a more necessary eye toward taking advantage of those opportunities. Uh, If you had a crystal ball, can you see what's coming uh, what's coming up in the next few months, next year or two, in this? Yeah,
2: really good question, Paul. So I would say this: there are there are parts of what we're seeing right now in in, a, in the litigation landscape of creditors' rights, for example, that are reminiscent of the 2009 and 2010 timeframe post the financial crisis. And what I mean by that is we're beginning to see a significant amount of commercial bankruptcy activity. And just in general, insolvency issues and severe financial distress. And that can create a lot of issues about representations that were made at the onset of engagements with customers and other parties, and whether those financial representations were accurate or uh, creditworthiness. And in general, I think there will be a lot of litigation related to that if this um, state of financial distress continues. And by all accounts, it seems like it will be continuing um, with the situation with regional banks and what have you. So I would say that's one area that's likely to be um, uh, a focus.
1: Great, thanks, Mike. Hey, as we begin to wrap this up, do you have some further thoughts about why a company should consider developing a commercial recovery program? Why them, why now, why tomorrow?
2: yeah, I mean, if I was in the role of uh, Chief Legal Officer General Counsel, why would I answer that question? I think it creates a very, very unique opportunity to return money to the company and change the narrative as I as we mentioned earlier, from a cost center to something less than that, and perhaps a profit center. And if the the leaders of the legal department are really smart, engaged, and it makes sense for them to undertake this effort, They can, not necessarily immediately, but over time, really change that narrative. It's a very powerful message, and it can create a lot of really positive results in terms of the performance associated with the legal department and also, frankly, the morale. It's a lot of fun to have these cases and bring them and win. And it sends a really strong message in terms of the company's brand and the partnership with the business leaders and the business units that, hey, we have your back. We're not just here spending your money and defending cases, but we're also looking to to go on the offense when appropriate and make sure we're both not only the shield, I should say, but also the sword. And that's kind of what this comes down to. And uh, the companies that we know that do a lot of this type of work um, really seem to have found a sweet spot uh, with these cases and um, have appreciated
1: the outcomes. You know, great point. I wanted to emphasize, you know, the notion of bringing the law department and the business teams together in a collaborative, positive sort of way is also super important, both for the ongoing relationship and overall business operation. But you're right, it can also be a lot of fun to pursue these uh, opportunities together. Uh, One of the things that I've seen, too, in in our work with clients is that usually these commercial recovery opportunities lead to improvements in how they do business, how they keep the records, how they do the follow-up. As you said earlier, don't just finish the deal and put the reps and warranties in the drawer, keep it out, monitor it, make sure everything is closed out in the timeline that it's supposed to. And if it doesn't follow up on those things that the company uh, may still be owed. But what I like to see is when there's an opportunity to feed some lessons learned back to the business, change their business operation, provide some improvements at a base business operation level that helps avoid the risk in the first place that may have led to the loss in the first place, uh, and ultimately be able to better manage it and mitigate it when and if it happens. And you're right, if you can bring some money back to the business from the law department, the business is happy, the law department's happy, uh, and it helps everyone in the end too. Any final thoughts, Mike? No, I think it's all well said, Paul.
2: I would just suggest to folks that are interested in starting up one of these programs, don't let perfection get in the way of progress set up a pilot program, put a key leader in the legal department with a business leader who's a good partner for these types of matters, and just start a a test run for 90 days or 180 days and give it a shot and see what happens. And I think more times than not, you're going to find there's traction, some degree of success, and certainly engagement, and you can expand it from there.
1: Excellent advice. Mike, thanks so much. Thanks for joining us today. Everyone, we have a whole series of business litigation podcasts on the ALM platform. We hope you found this
0: one helpful. Thanks for your time. Thanks, everyone. That brings us to the end of this episode of the Biz Lit Today podcast series, which can be found on law.com. I'm your host, Scott Ferguson. Join us next time.